Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. As promised, I would like to share a very short story of, um, from an interview that I did with Eva Goulette and the Dancing Jaguar Inspirations. Um, This is from camps that she conducts with children, teaching them how to use um, their intuition and spiritual guidance and tools. And so enjoy. On the day that we explore energy at Dancing Jaguars Spirit Camp, we spend some time exploring auras, and auras are the energy field that surrounds our bodies. And as I was explaining auras to the children in the camp, one boy who was about eight years old was just getting really frustrated and antsy. And I asked him if there was something that was upsetting him or bothering him that he needed to share. And he just got really indignant and said, why hasn't anyone ever told me that there's a word for those colors? Why aren't we talking about this? And that right there is is such proof for how this information that Dancing Jaguar Spirit Camp is sharing with children is so important because so much of what we're sharing with children are ex- they're validating experiences that they already have, but they don't talk about because they don't have the vocabulary to talk about it. And these are things that are not typically talked about at the dinner table or, you know, in most families. So it's really important for us to share this information with children so we can normalize some of the experiences that they're having and provide them with the vocabulary so that they can talk about these experiences with their family. Today, I am thrilled to have Chris Olivas on the show. I met Chris at, gosh, I guess it was at a a little workshop, but it was more than a workshop, but it wasn't a conference. Anyway, it was a sound healing um, sort of journey. So when I met her, I knew that I'd love to have her on the show because I knew um, you, the listeners, would be interested in her journey. So Chris has developed a private practice that blends psychotherapy, energy psychology, shamanism, and spiritual guidance into a holistic approach that keeps people helps people move on to their soul's path. Chris's practice has evolved into a mentorship for light workers and works with them to understand and activate their mission for humanity and the earth. Chris is trained in the following modalities. So hold on tight because there's a lot of them. Licensed marriage and family therapist, certified emotion code practitioner, emotional freedom technique 
Tapping, Advanced Integrative Therapy, Soul Journey, Inner Child Parts Work, and Sound Therapy and Essential Oils. <laughs> and they all go together. It sounds like a lot, but it all goes together, right? It's all about healing. And and I was just reading on your um, website, I love this, when you say, my mission is to identify, teach, and activate star seeds or lightworkers to their divine knowing those that are seeking a connection to their community and have an inner knowing that they are here to do something important will feel the call. Tr truth is they cannot ignore it. It is their highest self impulsing them to step onto their path and say yes to their divine divinity or to their true divinity and power. And I find that with so many people that come on the show in my own life, you know, of, of just feeling like this, it, even if I didn't want to do it, I would have to do it, you know, just to get this information out and just to live, to live this life. So let's start at the beginning. Um, tell us a little bit about your spiritual awakening. And I know your childhood, you know, a little bit of that journey has to do with that. So, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So I, grew up as an army brat moving around and we really weren't connected to extended family to uh you know a community other than the army community and I was interested because my father had these books on the shelf and I was interested in these topics and I started to learn about reincarnation and astrology and uh Eric Van Donneken's In Search of Ancient Astronauts and so I had this understanding and, and need to understand to learn about this, I so I, I was already somehow just turned on in this way. My brothers were not, and I could talk to my dad about this just all day long if, if we had a chance. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mostly was always seeking from a very young age, always seeking something more, something more, something more. And this is something I see. And lightworkers, as little children, they are this way. They're already opened up in some way and curious about, and see, they see things in, an, in a way that is just wise. They understand that things should be this way. And why are we doing it this way? Especially the more dysfunctional homeless. So like lightworker children will go like that. That's just really odd that my family is acting this way, but nobody seems to, you know, think it's odd. Right. But you mean right. So that was me, and I, I just kind of was always reading and, and just being very, very called to learn about these things. And uh, I didn't go back to school until my um, early 40s. I had gotten to an AA degree, uh, but with children and working, it had taken me so long just to get to that AA that I, I took a break, a 20-year break. So <laughs> I, uh, I went back to school, and I you know, was on this track for a PhD to be a developmental psychologist. And then I realized I didn't want to do any research. I didn't really want to do that. You know, I didn't want to be a professor. And my friend suggested I check out the MFT program. And that's how I went on the track of being a licensed marriage and family therapist. And then even that began to, you know, just expand again into something new. So uh, then I, um, you know, this years and years in the making started to become interested in these energy styles of healing, mainly for myself. And I started to go to trainings and that's how I, you know, I learned how to do the tapping. 
which is tapping on acupoints uh, on our body, on our energy system. And um, I started to learn these modalities. And what I noticed when I was working with people, it made a huge difference. So, um, but my real spiritual awakening happened when I got very, very ill. And I ended up uh, being invited to go to Peru to work with plant medicine. And that actually opened up my spiritual awakening. So I had been awakening all along from my childhood through the years of my practice. Um, but nothing, it didn't all come together until I went to Peru. And then I came back and I didn't know quite know what to do with everything that I found out. So, uh, and that was in 2017. So the last six years have been just expanding more and more into who I am. So now my practice is completely holistic and um, I just integrate that psychotherapy, which is very helpful, but it can be more helpful when we've cleared away layers. And many of these layers are um, things that have happened in childhood. Yeah, interesting. So when you went on the plant medicine retreat, was it an ayahuasca retreat? Yes, it was ayahuasca. Yeah. Can mm -hmm. you just tell us a little bit because I've I've done that also in Costa Rica, but I mean if you if you, if it's not too personal, could you share a little bit about that? No, um not at all. It sounds great. I I didn't really know what ayahuasca was, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> Neither I so did I when I went. <laughs> I think that's like the only way you can go, sort of. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I love essential oils or plants. That's well, I know a little bit more than that, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was really sick and I had uh, been sick since September of 2016. It was the end of April. And I was uh, basically the doctor, Western medicine said, this is just the way you're going to live the rest of your life. And they wrote it off as eczema, but it wasn't. It was more than that. I my hands were so swollen and cut, and cracked that it was a, it was consistent extreme pain, um, and water felt like acid, and it was spreading, and they called it eczema, but it was um, brain fog, and I also had uh, extreme exhaustion. But they said they had nothing to do with it, although that had ha happened at the same time. So when I had this, this kind of serendipitous moment where this shaman came to my center and then I showed her what happened, uh, what my arms were like, she invited me to come to Peru and she was bringing people down there to work with her shaman. So that was how I went. I didn't know much about ayahuasca. I just knew that I would have done anything at that point mm -hmm. because I had really didn't want to live anymore if that's this was going to be my life. Oh my goodness. So I jumped on the plane by myself and went down to Peru. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> and um, six ceremonies, 10 days, completely healed. Um, that was what I kept asking of the medicine was to heal this. But what happened was I cleared a lot of um, on my mother's side, some of my father's, but mostly my mother's side, uh, a lot of shame and a lot of um, feeling trapped, a lot of, of suffering that was on the mother's side, that was on the uh, the female side, mm -hmm. being trapped and suffering. And so, and that I had no idea what was going to happen when I got there, but that was, and then I also had uh, these blue beings that kept coming into my journey that I was like, what's this? And then I'd, I'd be in the spaceship and it was very odd. And then all of a sudden I go into my journey to my family 
So on the third time they showed up, I asked, why are you showing up? And then I immediately was shown all my lifetimes. And so that just jumped into this whole other piece that I had no idea was going to happen. And at the last ceremony and the sixth ceremony, they showed me what I was here to do. And one of them was here to help awaken humanity. And uh, that was a tall order. When I, when I came back from Peru, I thought, oh my gosh, that's just too grandiose, you know, that they called me to Peru to get my attention and order and the, and the, and the skin disease to get my attention. And so I would go to Peru so they could get me to listen that I was here to assist. And, and if you want me to share what they said, they sure. said that humanity was stuck in uh, their thoughts and their thoughts were looping and they couldn't get out of there and that they needed to release the density. They needed to clear the density in order to be light. And I asked light as bright or light as a feather. And they said, yes. yes. And what I yes. discovered when we clear energies, people will say, I feel lighter. So as we move up in a higher frequencies, we become more light, more translucent. And as, as well, we also feel lighter because mm -hmm. density actually does feel Dense, you know absolutely absolutely so i'm just interested and i know many people are because everyone's talking about plant medicine of course and to sit and listen um, to talk about this and if you aren't involved in this sort of stuff or haven't had that experience it sounds a little bit like you know a little bit strange if not a little bit like crazy so just tell us about the a little bit about the reality of it. And if we, if when you came back, like, did it seem like a dream or you just knew? Can just talk about that a little bit, please. For me, because I, at that time, uh, so this is 2017, I come back in the beginning of May and I don't really have anybody around me that has done this. And I didn't really study it when I went. So I just, I just kind of just went. So when I came back and I, and because I'd had these just unbelievable experiences in the medicine, I, um, I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. Mm -hmm. So I really just wanted to get back to business. I just wanted to just jump back, back into my work. I was so happy. My hands and everything were cleared up. I was coming back to normal. So I didn't want to be this grandiose, I'm going to save the world person. I just wanted to just do my thing, um, which is one of the reasons that I'm, I'm very stubborn in that way, which is one of the reasons, they didn't say it, but that's one of the reasons to get me to like, they have to get my attention. So then what happened for me was I started to have visions and um, they were very real. It be basically, it would be like, you're usually when I was in some kind of meditation and it would just drop in a short little blip would drop in and I'd look at it and it'd expand. But at any point that I went, no, oh, that's crazy, or oh my gosh, that's too much, then it would stop. Transmission. In transmission. Yes, yes. So that that was another form of getting my attention. Because I was again resisting. I'm not going to do this. This is too weird. So I really thought it was just way too weird. So like here I am talking about it now, but I was just this is too weird. I'm not going to tell anybody about this kind of stuff. I'm not. And then when I would share I'm having these visions, what they were. Um, they weren't like all sequential in, in telling a story. They were just like these random things that were happening. And um, so, uh, but the other things were happening at the same time. And I started to, you know, I did other things like uh, I did uh, the toad, 
uh, which is 5-MeO-DMT. I did combo, which is another toad medicine, which is not psychedelic. It's just a, a purging, cleansing type of uh, shamanic work. And um, my, my practice began to transform and the people around me began to transform. And I started to connect and, and I would start to feel the yes, I needed to do this. Yes, I'm going here. Yes, I need to. And I just, and there was one point, I was just telling someone the story just uh, this weekend. Um, there was one point where I, I'd, same thing with the blue people. I, I kept having these visions and finally we were in a drumming ceremony at my, my uh, center I had. And, and I finally said, why do you keep giving me all these visions, right? And, and all of a sudden, all these guides that had been coming in one at a time, all six of them in tech, in this Dolby sound thing went, because you need to wake up. And they all yelled at me. Wow. And then I, you know, I'm like, going, oh my gosh. Because, you know, I was even telling myself that I would, these guides that were coming through were just me making that up. I was thinking, oh, I'm just me. But there was things that was showing up that I knew weren't because I would, they would say things I wouldn't say. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I wouldn't think that. So, you know, it was, uh, it was just this, just one thing after another to the point at that point, that was the second shift. And that was okay. Right. It was okay. Okay. If you, what do you want me to do now? Right. And now that's how my life is now. You know, I'm just going to the next, going to the next mm -hmm. and flowing with talking to my guides if I need to. Um, and, uh, They've, they've taught me so much about love and compassion and acceptance, mm -hmm. not attachment. And, and that's, that's why I feel that that's how I, I am with my clients is they, how they treat me. Right. You know, very, angelic, very angelic. And I don't know who, you know, I, I'll tell people, you know what, whether it's true or not, it is, it is definitely shifting for the better. Right. So, well, it's true for you. And I think that's, what's important for you know just everyone just to be curious everybody's journey is different when you do something like that and and many people just have these experiences through deep contemplative exercise you know they don't have to go to a psychedelic retreat or anything about that but it is just quieting your mind and listening and opening and and we know the universe knows that you're going to be a light worker or a star seed as you call it um or they wouldn't be coming to you i don't think <laughs> to open up maybe that's not true but but anyway so it's you, true yeah i will ahead. say that at one point i'll just share this piece at one yes. point um, i had i had actually called in the light workers because i used to just see anybody who came to me and i realized that i again i came here to do something specific one of the many things I came to do. And so I actually asked source, bring me the light workers. And my, my I kid you not, my, my practice transformed. Interesting. Transformed. So yeah, so I feel wow. like they did. What a great story. Thank you for, <laughs> sharing, for sharing that. So you talk about integrative therapy and I, I think I have a very good idea of what that is now of all the different things you do, but you say, I now teach lead groups and immersion retreats to facilitate the process for my clients to clear through blocks, sometimes lifelong patterns, often in a fraction of the time therapy would take. So how do you blend this, you know, your traditional education with um, psychotherapy 
with this energy work, with this um, metaphysical work? And how is it without psychedelics or something, how is it that you feel that it, it can clear these blocks, you know, a lot more than just talk therapy? Yes. Um, so really I'm working with the four subtle energy bodies, the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Mm-hmm. And the two main ones that these methods work with are the emotional and mental bodies. So when we are going through things, so they're so they're all interconnected. They're all they're all kind of interwoven in a way that they all affect each other. But when we hold in emotions and when they're not processed in a way that that helps us evolve, they're just stagnant or suppressed. Most of us have that because we, you know, when you go back as further and further, the older we are, the more likely we had parents who shut us down when we had emotions because they were shut down from their emotions. So then we look at uh, planet Earth as a traumatized planet. We have so many people who, who have been traumatized and then they're having children and then they're parenting from their pain and their sorrow and all of that. So that energy of the emotions are actually uh, dense. So shame, anger, fear, sadness, all of these are very dense, heavy, slow moving energy. And so when you're trying to do talk therapy with somebody, you're working with the sum total of their emotional and mental uh, trauma. And that they can't they can't think another thought. Remember, we were talking about what they said in their thoughts. And they can't stop thinking that thought. And so a therapist can stay in it with somebody for years and not get them just to think another thought because the energy of it is actually what's keeping it stuck. (laughs) So these energy methods remove that energy that is actually kind of like uh, the anchor. And once we remove the energy from the emotion or the energy from the thought, what happens is they can think another thought. And in the middle of uh, a particular method, I've had people actually say, oh, that's kind of funny that that I, I think that, that's not true. Right? It's not true. And and what's at the basis of change? That we actually believe that there could be something different. So Absolutely. if your brain is almost like it's always going to be this way, how do you change? You know, we can put all these little plans into place and then people, you know, therapists and coaches get so frustrated with somebody who just keeps sabotaging their own work. And and it's really not because people don't want to feel better and do better it's because the energy is actually anchored in them into this pattern and and sometimes even the pattern is just they, they don't know what to do with that pattern so even so talk therapy actually becomes very helpful once the energy is released because now they don't have a lot of energy to keep that thought going but now they need to know how to think a new thought because right. they've been doing it at such a young age so and then in terms of the physical and spiritual bodies the physical is often affected. So if you have somebody with a lot of physical issues, you have a lot of buried emotional, mental, okay? And even past life, ancestral. So that's physical for the most part. And then the spiritual is really, your higher self is really floating in here at a high frequency. And as soon as you make room in, in the body, the, the, the higher self begins to anchor in. 
That makes so sense. your high frequency self begins to show up. That's right. pretty cool. Yeah, very. So what kind of things, um, can you give us a couple of examples of what, for example, I study shamanism and I've had a soul retrieval and, and doing some journeying. Are those, are those the kinds of things that you do to, to help people get out of the loop? I mean, what are your, your, you know, your favorite ways? I don't know if favorite's a good word, but <laughs> what are your most effective ways? Do you think? Yes. So the shamanic piece is also a perspective. So, so although I don't identify as being, it's kind of funny, I don't identify as being a shaman. Um, I, I, what I do and I feel that I'm, is part of my practice is shamanic uh, practices. Yes. So one of the really important facets of, of what I uh, invite people to bring into their life is what we call earthing. And beginning to see the earth as our template for how to for how to expand and how to evolve because the plants and the animals they're they've all been existing here uh, and following the divine right following the divine template humans came in with free will and we've been altering the divine template. So shamanic way is to really understand that everything is alive on this planet. So the wind speaks to you, the trees, the animals, the earth, the, the fire is there. And when we are able to work with the elements and we're able to work with the plants and understand what the animals are saying to us, we now open up our, the realm of understanding. So uh, our human, the way we've been trained in this period of time we're in, is like somewhat like this blinders on all that's available to us to understand how to live. And we've we've pushed away these natural ways of living and super and kind of superseded it with, and don't don't get me wrong, I love air conditioning by the way. I think that's a great invention of hot showers. So I'm not against the beautiful world that we've created, but we're we're also denying ourselves something that's brilliant and that's divinely given to us. So that's why the shamanic way and then the journey in part, um, again, because I've been blessed with uh, the ability to see with my third eye, I can journey through to actually see, it's basically like a reading in which I would journey into the uh, fourth realm and see what the symbolism will tell me about them. And so I, I will give the reading about what's going on um, and what I see, and we can clear in that realm as well. So we do journeying in using the fourth dimensional field, which all of us can access, but so the journey moves into that field in order to work with the, um, sometimes something that happened in the past sometimes uh, calling in your ancestors, calling in uh, your animal guides. So that's another aspect of the shamanic work. I, I, then I, again, learning also about plant medicine. So it could be just like essential oils and where you're just learning how to, oh my gosh, you can replace a lot of things. You can replace all your cleansers using um, essential oils. So one of the things of teaching people that um, unfortunately, the personal care 
industry has a lot of things in it that are uh, actually interrupting our central nervous system and endocrine system, our, our hormonal system and our central nervous system. So we have a chronic problem right now. These often manifest as autoimmune issues. They're not linking them together. So the more we get into natural ways of living, the better our bodies will be emotionally and mentally and, and physically. So, so that's another shamanic piece is how do we live in the world um, and live more naturally as, as best we can. And again, like I said, I don't mind going out and, and doing all the beautiful things that we have created on this planet, but there's a, a balance. Yes. And I'm trying yes. to if there's anything else, but that's in, in general what I would say my shamanic work. Oh, and the other thing I haven't, I don't have listed there, but I, I do is I am an integrative, um, a psychedelic integrative coach. So what I do is I actually assist people to prepare for going into the medicine and then work with them afterwards to help understand what they and integrate that into their life, right? So, right. so many people right. go into the medicine, but they don't have anybody to talk to before and after. Right. So, um, so and I do it specifically for an Ibogaine um, nonprofit, um, but I can also do it with people with ayahuasca, which is the medicine that I'm most familiar with. So, yeah. So that's that's kind of the shamanic piece that I bring. What can um, well let, let's segue just a little bit to our children um, before they all these things happen to them that then that they then have to heal from as an adult. What, what can we do using all the knowledge that you have and, and your educational background and being a light worker? What are a few of the things that, you know, we could do to help our young children to stay healed and, and to have to, to gather an inner strength to help them, you know, through life? Yes. One of the um, most important things I think that children will not only fare, but thrive in their life is to have emotional intelligence. So a child may not grow up to be the multi-million dollar CEO, but if they have emotional intelligence, they have good relationships. They can, they have happiness enjoy they know how to tap into it they don't have to make a lot of money but they make enough to take care of themselves because they don't have a lot of negative thought systems that manifest into things happening to them all the time so i would definitely think that and and there's so many great books for parents out there one book that i really like that daniel daniel siegel it's called parenting from the inside out mm -hmm. it really talks to parents about doing their own personal work because we parent better when we've cleaned up our own uh storage units right can you define, can you define um, what you mean by emotional intelligence really understanding well one knowing that we are all emotional beings so emotions are healthy uh, even anger because a lot of parents don't allow children to have anger mm -hmm. but anger is healthy and all our emotions are here. In a, and when you look at this earth, a humanity, we don't have one culture that doesn't have these emotions. It exists on every. So now we have all these emotions. And gender-wise, we have them in both. 
So when we have emotions and we know they're part of being human, that means that we have, uh, I think we have a responsibility to teach our children about them. And emotional intelligence means a child and a human understands what their emotion is they're feeling. What is it? What am I feeling? What am I thinking that brought this emotion? Right. Thought systems that I have. How does this relate to what happened? Did it happen to me before? And now that that's my past is showing up in my present. And how do I express it? How do I start to work through it? How do I manage it? This emotional intelligence. Do I need to talk about it? Do I need to do a beautiful painting to express it? Do I want to write a song? Do I want to just emote it and cry? And, and then having, when you build a tribe like that, guess what? Other people, other children can be hold space for that child. And then now we can just let honor the fact that that child maybe has sorrow, that child has uh, fear. And, and we don't fix it for them, but we allow them to actually start to figure out ways that they can work through it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I had a dream of writing a book years ago and I was going to, I was, I, it was called um, uh, Emotions 101 because I felt there was something missing in our school system. We aren't really, we're, we're I mean, who uses our chemistry? I don't, I don't, you know, I don't remember anything in chemistry, <laughs> but no one taught me about my emotions. So yeah. that would be beautiful. That's what I, I interviewed uh, Dr. Joe Tefer actually about, I, he's from Columbia and he's a um, medical doctor now from UCSD, but he goes back to Columbia and raises and, and um, does ayahuasca retreats for people. But he was talking about medical school and just how incredibly difficult it was, especially coming from someplace like Columbia, where he was raised with this emotional intelligence. And he said, you know, nobody even mentions love in medical school. No one talks about feelings in medical school. Nobody. And it just really, it just really touched me that it's something not only that, but prayer and all those things. And I, I do think it's changing very slowly, but it's so important. And and just how, well, how do you think the world would change if, if children were taught these things at a young age? Well, I think that we could change this planet if we would teach the children and the parents, the parents that would show yes. up. I think we literally could change this planet because those children are now going to grow up and be the older siblings of the next Right. And then they're going to grow up and be the parents and these partners. And then they're going to grow up and be uh, CEOs of companies. And we need it in every facet of every business. So I just see, I could see it being transformed. And I think that that's why it's so important for us to make that a, a priority to have emotional intelligence. You know, everything else kind of just seems to fall into place. Right. Right. And doesn't it seem that when, you teach or, I mean, these children already know it, but it's kind of like when they become seven or eight and they're really you know, going to school and this and that, that's when things like that are not discussed. But it also breaks those ancestral threads of what has been running through the family and I think that that's what parents really listen to. It's, of course, we'll do anything for our children but to know, to break that 
negative thread of whatever it may be. And some people, I guess, don't have any, but um, for their grandchildren and generations after for forever, possibly. And it's so incredibly important. It really is. And then, so if a child's emotionally intelligent and they're carrying an ancestral wound, right. They can better work with that. Right. And heal it and not pass it on to their children. So even that piece is, is, uh, something that could actually be uh, ended over time. Mm-hmm. Just Can't teaching give a better gift. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wish I knew. I know. <laughs> we all do, don't we? Well, Chris, we need to wrap it up, but um, I do have a question for you. What would you say if you could take a walk with your six-year-old self? Oh, well, um, So at six, by the way, we're, we're just, we, we've gotten to an age where we actually have made up stories about who we are and what's true. And I find that that has actually the, been the most fascinating part is to find out that a lot of the things that I created in my life were because I created a story when I was six about me. And so I would say my six-year-old that, um, the things that are happening and sharing with her, the things that she sees and things she's experiencing are not actually about you. You know, that your parents are uh, wounded and maybe help her understand that. And they don't know better. And this is how they love. Yeah, this is how they're loving you. They don't know any better. Because I was that little light worker child that had immense amount of love. And I'm walking around like this going, what's happening? And I would say that they just don't understand. And you just hold that in there and and you keep that because it's there. And um, so, yeah. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say that, that I haven't asked today? Um, no, I just think I know that we talked about the starseed children and everything. So the only thing that I would say is that for parents out there who think that they, and they usually, there are a lot of them now, by the way. (laughs) So they're very unique and, um, they're very smart and aware. And I would just really just give them lots of experiences, teach them about emotions and, um, and do your work if you're the parent of one of them. And, And so that you can really um, hold, get the highest vibration for them to, to evolve in. That's what I want to add to it. And Chris, if people want to find you, how would they do that? Um, you know, um, my email address is a great way to contact me. It's co-create balance, but it's with my initials, K-O, create balance at Gmail and send out an email and let me know a little bit about you, and what you'd like to work on. And uh, I do virtual as well. And in person is always nice to get to know each other, but uh, I can do virtual and I can work across state lines, but not as a licensed therapist, but I can certainly do energy work and shamanic work and things like that. So that's, that's worked out very well. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And um, it's really been an honor to, to talk with you. Thank you, Marla. So nice to see you again. (laughs) You too. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.